friends. Welcome to Story Behind Podcast. This is the show for people who love hearing a good story and who believe the world could use more positivity. We're the team behind God Updates and GodTube, and we hope these weekly short stories will brighten your day. Daughter pens a brutally honest essay about her dad. He can't stop the tears as he reads it. Written by Mel Johnson, read by Stacy Marshall. Presley Scott wrote a brutally honest essay on her dad, Casey Scott, for school. While it contains some considerable heartache, the teen also expresses profound wisdom well beyond her years. And as her dad read the letter aloud years later, the raw and real words leave him in tears. As humans, our free will gives us the power to make our own choices. With that comes the ability to choose right over wrong, things that bring life or things that bring death. But in this broken world, our choices impact more than just ourselves. Like a bomb, our bad decisions have a blast radius and can harm those closest to us. Casey Scott of Utah knows this all too well as he read his daughter's essay on her dad that she wrote in high school. Casey Scott began drinking at just 14 years old, and over the years, it turned into a full-blown addiction. As the oldest of Casey's three children, Presley Scott had a front-row seat to the havoc wreaked by her dad's alcoholism, and she opened up about its impact in an essay on her dad which she wrote at the age of 14 during high school, titled, Back Then and Now. Presley began by explaining, For as long as I can remember, my dad's been an alcoholic. One of the things that stood out to Presley as a child was how, when going to a party, her dad always drove there, but her mom always drove home. At first, she wanted to believe they were just taking turns, but deep down, she knew the true reason for the swap. I knew the way too much alcohol could affect someone, she wrote. I knew how my dad would be one person when we showed up to the party and a completely different person when we left. Presley also picked up on the strain the addiction put on her parents' marriage. She remembers overhearing them fighting when they thought all the kids were asleep. I remember thinking, maybe one day it will stop. One day the fighting will stop and we can be happy all the time. Eventually, Presley's mom and dad got divorced, and the kids split their time with each of their parents. With her mom gone, Presley witnessed the full brunt of her father's alcoholism. The drinking got worse when my mom left, she said. Maybe it got worse, or maybe my mom just wasn't there to hide it anymore. After her parents' divorce, Presley felt she had to step up and protect her younger siblings from her dad's addiction. And this created a huge strain in their relationship with her father. I was a full-time babysitter. This just made me hate being there even more. In the essay on her dad, Casey Scott, Presley recalls the tragic day her father's addiction came to a head. He was supposed to pick up her and her siblings, but never showed. Later, Presley learned her father had gotten behind the wheel drunk and hit someone. By the grace of God, nobody died, Casey said later of the crash, but my life was forever changed. 
It was terrifying. And at first, it probably felt like the worst thing that could happen. But both Presley and her dad were about to learn how God can do amazing things in the midst of our biggest messes. I was so scared. But this is where the story turned around, Presley wrote. That night, my dad decided he needed to change. Casey Scott signed himself into rehab. It wasn't easy for him or his kids. During the first part of his recovery, Casey's children barely got to see him. And once he was out of rehab, he'd lost his job and had to begin the difficult task of rebuilding his life. But even in the deepest valley, God was there, working to restore Casey and his family. On the other side of addiction, Casey Scott developed a deep passion for helping other addicts. He worked for a while with rehab, and God used it to give Casey a glimpse into what he'd put his loved ones through. Eventually, God called Casey to leave the rehab and start his own podcast, Project Recovery. There, Casey shares about his recovery journey and encourages others through theirs. After a few years of sobriety, Casey had a revelation about his daughter. One of Presley's teachers mentioned a powerful essay she'd written on her dad called Back Then and Now. The teacher suggested Casey read it. When he finally did, it hit him hard. I bawled. It was too raw and too real, he said. Presley Scott's essay on her dad isn't just about her dad's journey, but her own. And you can see God at work in both cases. These years had some of the darkest days in them, but they also had some of the best and brightest days, she said in her essay. Presley endured what no child should, and yet God used it to shape her in a beautiful way. She walked away stronger and wiser. At only 16 years old, she's already showing gratitude in the face of struggle. The story has lots of ups and downs, she writes, but I'm grateful for it all. I'm so grateful no one was hurt in the crash, but I'm also grateful that the crash happened. My dad would have never gotten sober if it wasn't for that. He had to hit rock He had to hit rock bottom before he could get the help he needed. It was a powerful moment when Dad Casey Scott read his daughter's essay aloud during his podcast. He's in tears nearly the entire time as he reads the poignant words. I read that in hopes that someone hears this and realizes that addiction is a family disease, he says. I'm proud that she did this, but I'm ashamed that I did this. Powerful essay is inspiring all who hear it. None of us can change our past, but we can allow Jesus to heal and redeem it. We are pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, yet not to despair, pursued, yet not forsaken, struck down, yet not destroyed. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 9. Stray Dog sneaks into a Dollar General for a giant stuffed unicorn, and now both have a forever home. Written by Mel Johnson, read by Stacy Marshall. Apparently, it was love at first sight in a Dollar General in North Carolina between a stray dog 
and a giant stuffed unicorn. The determined pup kept sneaking into the store and heading straight to the same plush toy until employees had no choice but to call for help. But the dog's persistence paid off in more ways than one, making for a positive news story that will have you saying, Aww. No one knows exactly what drew Sisu, a scrappy stray lab mix, to a giant stuffed unicorn inside a Dollar General store in North Carolina. All they know is once Sisu spotted the purple plush toy, the pup became determined to get his paws on it. Every time a customer exited the store, the stray dog slipped inside, and his target remained the same each time. He went straight for the unicorn, the same one every time, recalled Joe Newburn of Duplin County Animal Services. A Dollar General employee would gently usher the stray dog back outside each time. But it wasn't long before they realized Sisu wasn't going to be given up. Finally, they had to lock the door and call us, Joe explained. It was so strange, one of the strangest calls I've ever dealt with. Samantha Lane showed up for the call, and seeing Sisu's devotion to the giant stuffed unicorn in the Dollar General touched her heart. So before taking the stray dog away, she gave the store $10 so she could bring the purple plush toy along too. Duplin County Animal Services took over caring for Sisu and his purple friend. They're guessing the dog's affection for the stuffed unicorn may come from his past. Maybe he once lived in a home where he had a stuffed toy, or perhaps children lived with him and they had stuffed animals. I don't know of any other reason why he would focus on the unicorn other than he must have had one at home, Joe Newborn explained. If the store had called and said he tore open dog food, that would make more sense, but not hunting for a purple unicorn. Whatever the case, Sisu's persistent invasion of the Dollar General in North Carolina got him the help he needed and also earned him a new plush friend. The animal shelter instantly picked up on Sisu's sweet, loving nature. They hoped someone would come forward and claim him. He's obviously super smart, and even when we got him to the animal shelter, he's been very obedient. He sits, shakes. Someone should be looking for him, Joe said. No one ever did come forward to claim Sisu, but plenty of folks flooded Duplin County Animal Services with messages of concern and offers to help. In order to prepare Sisu for adoption, the animal shelter took him to a rescue ranch, Lab Rescue LRCP, for special training. But first, they made an important stop at the Dollar General in North Carolina. We took him back to Dollar General so he could see the employees there, Joe said. The kind angels at the rescue ranch will help Sisu ready his new forever home. A lot of strays have to fend for themselves and have had to worry that other dogs will take their food or toys, and they usually calm down once they realize they're in a safe place, Steve Weaver of Lab Rescue explained. And of course, Sisu won't make the trip alone. By his side remains the giant stuffed unicorn he fought so hard to save. It goes wherever he goes, Joe said. Once his training is complete, Sisu will head to his loving forever home. And his persistence in breaking into the Dollar General in North Carolina 
landed a happy ending for both him and the giant stuffed unicorn he loved so much. Thank you so much for listening to Story Behind Podcast. We're really glad you joined us for this week's story. To see photos and videos that may have been referenced in this episode, check out the links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast and please tell a friend about us. We'd also love it if you'd rate us and leave us a review. It really does help more people find us. Story Behind is a Salem Web Network production. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.